Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. I am super excited to be here today for my next episode of Rewarding Conversations, as I am here with Tony Walters. Now, this is kind of a special one for me, um, because this kind of organically happened a little bit more differently than most of my podcasts happen. Uh, But I'm really excited about this because it is a unique one. Uh, Now, I met Tony through Amber, uh, who uh, we released an awesome podcast episode recently, I work in the filmmaking community in the Cleveland area. Amber does too. And she said, hey, I know this really cool guy that I think you should connect with. And, you know, I I think you guys could talk about things and have stuff in common. And we connected and here we are. So thanks for being here, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you got some really big stuff coming up. So that's why I was excited to have you on here for sure, because you know, I'm all about, I think that us kind of independent entertainment makers, you know, filmmakers, podcasters, whatever it may be, we need to support each other. Um, and you know, I'm all about doing that. And I, we connected and talked about things and you got some really exciting stuff coming up. So tell the world what you have going on. All right. Well, it's exciting for me because I, uh, I've been a DP in the film, like the indie film world here for like the last six years. I've, I've uh, been working on everybody else's movies for a long time, it seems like. I've done a lot of projects. I've won uh, awards for cinematography. I've uh, uh, traveled to Las Vegas and shot a movie with Troma Entertainment. I've done a lot of stuff, Like, and uh, now it's just time for me to tell my own stories. I've, I've directed a few short films over the years, and this is going to be my first feature-length film. Um, and we are launching our Indiegogo on November 19th. Uh, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this, I guess, um, and we are, uh, we're launching it, uh, with a big kickoff party that starts at seven o'clock tomorrow night. Um, that, uh, is kind of like a, a telethon. Uh, it's like a, a 90 minute event where we're going to have like live bands and, and music and, and, uh, we're going to be showing off kind of like all of our Indiegogo perks, uh, and, um, just talking about the movie, maybe having some of the cast members, uh, you know, like video chat in and, and um, you know, maybe we'll have a, you know, some of our crew there to, to talk more about it. Uh, we've got um, Studio 605 attached to it. Like we're Rad Entertainment. We've got Studio 605. Uh, we've got Sweet Yams. It's another production company attached to it. Um, uh, IFX. And um, uh, we're all very much looking forward to to uh, joining forces on this project because we've all worked together on tons of other projects and over the years of networking, you know, we've all decided that, uh, uh, you know, we're a team that we all, we're, we're there, our, our tight circle. I think in the indie filmmaking world, uh, something that most people lack is their tight circle. They need the, the, you know, the handful of people within their, their group that they can trust with, uh, you know, uh, their vision and being able to, to, to you know, capture that vision. And uh, we've got that now. We've got a, a very tight group of people here that I think can capture this vision. And what this vision is, is a, it's a sci-fi crime drama uh, that takes place in what I'm calling a, uh, post-Victorian, um, a, a post-Victorian dystopia. So it's a futuristic sci-fi movie in the sense of like maybe like a Blade Runner kind of, kind of feel where uh, like uh, neon lights but really bleak. Uh, world, but I wouldn't call it cyberpunk necessarily. Uh, everybody is dressed in like Victorian era clothing. So like if, if Victorian era was just like all of a sudden like boom back into fashion, uh, 
but like mashed up with today's kind of hip hop culture. So you've got like guys in like bowler hats and vests and jackets, but like face tattoos and uh, jogger pants. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, we're kind of mishmashing these, these kind of like clashing these worlds, but we've got modern cell phones and stuff like that. Um, and in the background of this world is what I find to be like the exciting part for me. Um, being in my thirties now, I just finally feel like, I have something to say. I've got, I've got maybe a message or, or a purpose for, for telling a story. And I feel like a lot of times in the indie world, people are just, are still trying to figure out who they are as a director and trying to figure out, you know, like what, what stories they want to tell. And I, 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 I've spent the last six years on the analytical side, like learning cameras, learning lighting, learning um, like act, like dealing with actors and, and uh, just, just, putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, just look, kind of learning anything and everything that I can. I mean, I'll jump on any set and do any jobs, running sound, anything, uh, because I feel like it's beneficial being a director to have your hands kind of in everything. So now being involved in this and, you know, coming up with a story, I, I it's time for me to tell a story. And I've, I've had the story kind of floating around in my head for the last few years, uh, but I'm not a very good writer in the sense of, I don't, I can't really commit to a, to a feature length film. I've written shorts. I've, I've, I write great opening scenes. <laughs> I write a great opening scene to a feature, but um, actually like committing to you know, writing a hundred pages or something. is just not something that I feel like I've just cut out for. So I, um, at Rad Entertainment, we have a writer's room and I kind of threw around an idea that I had. And one of my writers uh, Michael Taylor, he kind of jumped on it. He, you know, he, he seemed interested in it. So I uh, started working with him on it. He knocked out a draft pretty quick based on, you know, I gave him like three pages of just like, here's a bunch of notes. Here's a treatment. Here's, you know, what uh, some scene ideas, character ideas, uh, the overall message of the film, kind of just, you know, the tone, this, this whole like art style that I have. And I, I, I pitched it to him. He loved it. He, he went on like just full bore on it. Uh, you know, pitched me a draft, read through it, gave him some notes. Now we're on like the fourth draft. Everything's pretty well. Like I'm, I'm saying we're like, we're like 96% there, you know, maybe, you know, just fine tuning a couple of details on it, but we are at the point now where we can cast things. We know who our characters are. Uh, we have 22 speaking roles in this film, which original concept was four people sitting at a diner. Now we got 22 speaking roles. That's just kind of how things work. Um, but uh, we've got, yeah, 22 speaking roles, and some we, we got some really great cast members um, that I can finally start talking about. Uh, we have Hannah Fearman of uh, VHS fame. I don't know if you're, uh, you're a horror fan at all. but uh, Yeah, I definitely, yeah. Uh, she was in, she's in uh, VHS, and uh, she just came off of directing uh, her first movie, too. I think, like, her directorial debut, uh, Dark Circles. And, uh, so, so she can relate to me, you know, now taking on this. So it's like her and I's conversations have just been great. Like she's super passionate about the project. She loves that. It's this Victorian kind of style. She's super into Victorian stuff. She's also really excited because her character gets to have face tattoos and neck tattoos and all this, all this, because she really wants a neck tattoo, but nobody will let her have one because she's an actress. And they're like, no, you can't get a neck tattoo because nobody will give you any parts. But I'm like, come on to my movie. I'll give you as many neck tattoos as you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, we've also got, uh, David Stores, who is on um, Netflix's Thunder Force and uh, Prank Encounters, is kind of like a big show that he's been on uh, the last few years. He's a he's a producer on that show. He's an actor on that show. Um, he's done a lot of kind of this uh, like comedic. Um, what do you want to call it? Like uh, 
uh, reality TV esque like prank kind of shows. And he's a he's a really funny guy, and he's going to bring a really interesting dynamic to to one of our characters. So the uh, the one one of the main characters in the movie too is also the writer Michael. Uh, Michael is going to be playing one of the main characters. Emmett's uh, or not Emmett, but uh, uh, Hannah is uh, Hannah's playing one of our our main leads. Michael's playing one one of our main leads. We have also have Alex Daphnis, who is. Uh, an indie actor from Michigan who has done a bunch of these really interesting short films that we connected with through uh, film festivals that we've run. We, we run two independent film festivals over the years. We run uh, Midwest Horror Fest in October, and in the spring we run Midwest Action Fest. And at Midwest Action Fest, our very first year, we had a movie submitted to the festival called Candyland. And that movie is kind of like a Quentin Tarantino-esque uh, short film uh, about like, like the candy industry and the like these mobsters that kind of run it that uh, are like pissed off that the like the grocery stores aren't carrying their candy on a particular shelf. It needs to be within the public's eye, and he comes in as kind of like a hitman to like make sure that these things are taken care of. And he's absolutely fantastic in that. We actually gave him best actor. Uh, we gave him the best actor award on our, you know, our first year of that film festival. And he, I didn't know it then that he lived in Michigan. And then we've, you know, since then become friends and, uh, he's, uh, worked on some projects with us and he's just, just a fantastic actor. So we've got a really, really strong cast of criminals is what these characters are going to be in this movie. It's going to be a bunch of people that you're probably not going to really like, but you might like to not like, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're, uh, they've got some redeeming qualities, but they're not the greatest humans. And uh, the movie takes place m- mostly in a diner. It takes place after the events of a heist where these people have to figure out what it is that they've stolen, who has what they've stolen. They were all compartmentalized. They don't know. They all had one job to do within this thing. And it's a, it's kind of a mystery, uh, like a, a mystery story. You're trying to figure out who's got it, what it is, and what's the point of it all. Because there's a big political kind of dynamic to the film where whatever it is that they've done is going to shape the world in a way that maybe they didn't intend. And I'm very excited very excited about the movie <laughs> wow that's <clears throat> thank you for that that's a lot that's i, I got like on for a long time no no i love that i got like jazzed up hearing about all of that that sounds really really cool um and i'm definitely going to put like the links and descriptions um and everything about like the indiegogo and how to connect with all that and you know awesome. all of that stuff below um i have a ton of questions based off of everything you just said i'm going to start all the way back at the beginning of what you just said just in case the audience doesn't know you said that you've dp'd for a lot of films tell tell the audience if they don't know what that means what that means um dp is the director of photography so basically my job on set is i'm in charge of kind of the the way everything looks um you know, a director comes to me, they have a vision, they want a movie to be shot in a specific style. Say they want it to be shot like something, you know, like The Office, you know, they want like maybe a more documentary style. Then I have to then figure out like, what's that lighting setup look like? What do those camera movements look like? What motivates that? And, but if somebody wants something like, you know, they come to me and they say they want it to look like Star Wars or anything, you know, I'm the guy that's in charge of capturing the director's vision through a camera. So that's in charge of lighting, in charge of, and in charge of, you know, basically 
camera dynamics. Oh, this chair's squeaky. <laughs> let's uh, let's start back at the beginning. So you said sure. you're in your 30s, um, that you've been involved with you know DP, and now you're getting into like directing, and you have Rad Entertainment, and we'll get all to all that. How did this start? How did it all start for you? What was kind of the, the beginning seed for you of getting into this kind of entertainment world? For me, okay, it goes back kind of to high school, as far as when I like kind of fell in love with the camera, I was I, I basically started out filming skateboard videos with my friends. I my friends were a lot better skateboarders than I was. I mean, I could ride a skateboard really really well, and I could you know ollie kickflip whatever. I mean, I, I mean I could hold my own, but I wasn't taking the giant leaps that they were. So I became the guy that filmed them and uh, would put together little videos and stuff like that. And then that turned into, uh, you know, being the guy that always made a video project if it was available in a class. It was like, well, you could do it. You could write a thing or you could make a video. And I'm like, I'm making the video. Uh, so I, I, that became me. I became kind of into, you know, I got into photography uh, as well. And then um, I also, you know, I went from that. I was always like an artist in a sense or, or you know, in a creative something I, I was the lead singer in a metal band for a while um and, and during that time in my life music was what i thought i was going to do and i forgot about my love of the camera and then when the band fell apart i really was kind of lost in, in my 20s as far as like trying to figure out what it was that i wanted to do and it wasn't until like kind of my later my late 20s that i uh rediscovered the camera and started you know i had an idea for some shorts and i wanted to do that but i didn't know if i could do it or pull it off and and youtube has was blowing up and i was like you know what maybe that's where i should go with it i should just be a youtuber so i started doing video game plays and uh movie reviews and i was doing one of each of those a week and i did that for two years straight i put out at least two videos a week sometimes it was four uh, a week I mean, we were we were very dedicated very committed to to trying that avenue um we did a show called spoiling dead where we talked about the walking dead every week um and i was looking for i had brought on who is now my wife um but at the time uh a friend of mine rebecca herb i brought her on to uh, be a guest and she was kind of an aspiring actress and uh, a friend of mine who I knew was a geek that would be, you know, like super into talking about movies and things. And she uh, was obsessed with Walking Dead. So she wanted me to do a Walking Dead show. I wasn't really I'm not really a huge fan of Walking Dead, but I love to shit talk it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so yeah. I was like, well, she loves it. I hate it. That's a great dynamic. But can we bring on somebody who maybe can fit in the middle of that? And so I had a friend who I knew made horror movies. And I was like, hey, do you want to come on my show and, and do this? And because of him, Dan Murphy, he kind of sucked us into this movie world. And um, I did a movie with him called Blood Moon River, uh, where I've been an actor in that. Uh, that was like the kind of my first like taste at really doing indie stuff. I had actually been an extra in one of his movies years previous as just like a guy in a bar sitting around. Uh, but that didn't really necessarily get me like that. I didn't get bit by the bug at that point. It wasn't until Blood Moon River helping on that. I got bit by the bug. It was time. We were we were going to do stuff. And then. Uh, he convinced me to write a short film for an anthology he was putting together. So I wrote a short uh, that starred him and Rebecca and, um, and that movie's called June. And that's on our YouTube channel. That's like a 12 minute short that we did in 2016. And then uh, from there, things just kind of started to like escalate. I mean, we, 
Um, we did a movie, I did a movie with him called Slaughterhouse, which is where I met Amber for the first time. Uh, and she was fantastic in that movie and has been fantastic in every movie I've worked with her since. Uh, you know, uh, we kind of worked in the same, like a lot of the same movies uh, after that. And then uh, before I knew it, I was being shipped off to Las Vegas to shoot a movie with Troma Entertainment, uh, a movie called Kill Dolly Kill that is not out yet, but I think I'm, I cross my fingers all the time. I don't really know. It's not in my hands anymore. Uh, uh, you know, Troma is, it's been on their release schedule, I think, every, you know, last, last, every year for the last two years. So uh, I don't think we're going to see it this year because I feel like we would have seen it over, over Halloween, but maybe we'll see it in the spring. I don't know. That's going to be a fun movie whenever it launches. I mean, it's, I feel like maybe it's a little dated as far as my skill set, but I think that I've seen the final edit of that movie and it's hilarious. So I'm, like, I'm excited for people to see it because whether or not the filmmaking, like if you want to, you know, whatever critique my end of things, maybe it's not the best, but the writing is so solid in that, that it's, it carries the movie. It's really funny. Uh, and it's trauma. And if you're familiar with trauma, you know what to expect in that kind of, that kind of movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I grew up with the Toxic Avenger, so I'm... Can, uh, spoiler, I guess the Toxic Avenger has a sweet cameo in the movie. <laughs> they shipped us the the original mask, and we were able to use it. Oh, that's so cool! I love that. Um, that's really cool. So it seems like you kind of you were into it, and then kind of came away from it, and then got sucked back into that world, which is what I've heard of a lot of people. Um, so is, is that what you really love doing? Like what is it about capturing the essence of a film that works for you? What is it about that, that connects for you as, you know, setting the mood for a film and, and working on like camera angles? Like what is it you think that that, why does that connect with you so deeply? And why have you, you know, wanted to make this transition to like, okay, I'm now ready to make my film, like my feature, because this is, as you know, and a lot of people out there might not know, this is a colossal undertaking. Like oh. this is a huge, huge, huge undertaking. What was it that made you say like, okay, now's the time for me? Well, for, for me now, it's, it's just that what it comes down to for me, as far as like, you know, why now is, I've worked on a lot of movies that I feel like don't put a lot of time in the pre-production side of things. And I think that they, they yeah. lack from that. And it, it, it upsets me as somebody who um, prides themselves on preparation. I, I feel like, you know, if you're going to put this much effort into telling a story it, into bringing all, a, a, you know, a ton of people into, into your world to go, Hey, I need your help on this project. And you're paying these people, you know, you know, sometimes people, you know, a lot of times in this world, people are volunteering their, you know, their time. Uh, but, um, you know, you're paying them they're either, or they're volunteering their time, but, um, you're still, you've got their time for X amount of days, whether that's, you know, indie worlds, usually, you know, four or five days, you're trying to, you know, crank out a movie or every shooting 12 hour days, 16 hour days. I mean, you know, it goes, it can be long. And, um, I think that I just see a lot of wasted opportunity and uh, mismanaged time on a lot of sets. Not to say that I haven't, you know, been a part of some fantastic sets, but, you know, I've been doing this for six years and I, I've seen good and I've seen bad. Uh, I think we all have, you know, who've, who've worked in this, this industry and um, I'm ready to just kind of show people, you know, what pre-production can do. Like it, the, if you really put the effort in up front, like how much time you can, you can, utilize on set as long as you really know what you're doing when you get there and something's going to go wrong and guarantee it. It always does. 
but um, but my love, I guess, for for this particular medium for telling a story um, with the camera and like setting the mood and doing the lighting, all that stuff. Um, that really, for me, I think it spawns from. I don't know. It's my, my love of cinema in general. I think uh, you know, as a visual medium, I'm a I'm a I've been a movie lover since I was a kid. Uh, my grandfather got me got me really hooked into movies when I was a kid. He was a big like '80s action star kind of kind of guy. Like he loved uh, like you know the Jean Claude Van Damme's, the you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, you know Jackie Chan. Like the, that, yeah. that era of film was something that I just you know would just sit over at grandpa's house and watch those movies over and over and over and over. And that is kind of the world that I grew up in was this, this action world where I've been mostly working the last six years in the horror genre, because that seems to be kind of, I don't know. It seems to be like a a good, it's most indie filmmaker entry level kind of genre. And I don't understand exactly why that is. I've been trying to figure it out because it's like, I have too. I I literally just had a conversation with somebody the other day and I was like, why is everything indie seem like it's horror right now? Everything. It's, it's because I think that everybody, I mean, people think it's easy, you know, and then maybe that's why they just, they think it's something easy to do and horror. It's not easy, but maybe it's, it's, it's easier than action. You don't have to, you know, you're not, if in action, you got to find stunt people and, and like, you know, it's, it's harder to sell. Yeah. It's harder to sell choreography than it is to sell blood and guts. It's, it's super easy to sell, sell boobs and blood is like, like horror is just like show boobs, cover them in blood, win. Like, like that's what built built in audience. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, and that, that's what I'm with this movie trying to go in a different direction. Like we're going, you know, sci-fi crime and crime movies are my favorite. That's my genre. Yeah. So let's talk about origins of things. I'm a movie geek. I've talked about this a few times. I've done short films in the Cleveland area and things like that. I'm I'm really into film. What are some of your what are some of your favorite films? And then what are some of your inspirations in terms of when you get on a set, how you view things and how you view your craft and your skill and everything. So like, I want to hear like, what are films that you personally love that your go-tos and then also like, what are the films that have influenced you as a filmmaker? Okay. This is, this is the thing that, okay. If you could ask me this just a couple of years ago, I think my answers would have been completely different because I've just learned to be more honest with myself lately. Yeah. Um, When people ask me what my favorite movies are, I used to say things, you know, like, um, uh, like, like Goodfellas or, or, um, cause I'm a big crime person and I, and I love Goodfellas. Don't get me wrong. It's a fantastic movie. Um, or like, you know, like, like just like, here's a Scorsese list or, or, um, yeah. you know, or, or, you know, Tarantino and stuff or whatever, which, you know, I love, I know. And, and Reservoir Dogs is still probably like within my top five favorite movies ever and anyway. yeah but uh but if i'm gonna be honest like if i say favorite movie like movie i've seen more than any other movie um is like the first ninja turtles movie like teenage ninja turtles like 1990 ninja turtles movie oh my gosh i love, I love that, that movie, movie. I, I love i feel like that it's movie. so underrated it's such an underrated it's film. incredibly underrated and the costume work is incredible in that film like how they actually look and how they move is so good um I did a thing during the pandemic where I was posting about um, my some of my favorite movie endings, and the very first post I made was that movie. That entire when they meet Shredder on the roof and they have that whole fight scene. 
Um, I think that is such an amazing scene. I love that. Um, I love how they come together and face him and he's just so difficult. And then, you know, Splinter shows up and that whole, you know, that whole dialogue he delivers of, you know, like death comes for us all, but something much worse lies for you, you know, for when you die, it'll be without honor. I love that whole thing. That was a movie for me that made me like laugh and it was entertaining because of the action. And it also like made me sad because I was like scared for Raphael's life. I remember as a kid, like that movie did so much for me. I love that you say that because I really love that movie. Yeah. I, that, that movie for me is a movie I think that like made me like, I don't know, want to tell stories. Like I was, because that movie's not necessarily a kid's movie, despite the fact that. No, like, it's the, very adult. The themes in that movie are very adult. I mean, it's. Like, it's such a great story about family and, like, what it means yeah, to be a family. for sure. A hundred percent. And I, 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 I thoroughly, I, I really honestly think that movie is underrated. And I, you know, I, I put it, you know, people will always talk Batman 89 as being, like, the movie that, you know, like, did comic book movies justice for the first time or whatever. But, like, I'm not really a big fan of Batman 89. I, I like Batman Forever more than I like that one. But I think that Ninja Turtles, which came out, you know, the, the following year, um... I think that movie is a far superior comic book movie. I think it follows the source material better than Batman 89 follows their source material. Um, and I think that like the filmmaking is better. I don't know. I really, I, it doesn't have the Tim Burton art style, you know, around it or whatever, like this yeah. like, really striking art style. Sure. But it has like a really, really vivid New York city that isn't even filmed in New York. I don't know if you know that. It's that movie. Yes, I do. That yeah. movie's filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I have yeah. been there. And it's like when you're there and you're looking at the streets in Wilmington, you're like, oh, wow, it was filmed here. <laughs> like, That's cool. It, it's cool. Yeah. Um, but like another, another, you know, movie that is like a go to, like comfort movie that I watch all the time uh, is Back to the Future. Like, I love that movie a ton. So good. <laughs> but uh, like, one of the best it, scripts though? ever. One of the best yeah. scripts ever. I was like, find a script that is this intensely complicated and yet so simple and straightforward for the audience. Like, I just, I have so much respect for how that script is written. And Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd are just absolute magic in that film. Right. 100%. Uh, but one movie, a movie that I do say, if somebody asks me what's my all-time favorite movie, uh, I always answer the same thing. And I don't, you know, you, you get to a point where it's like, you answer the same, it's the same answer all the time, but like you start yeah. to question yourself, like, is that my all time favorite movie? I don't know. But, um, when it comes to just like overall filmmaking style and writing, like everything tied together, the actors, all of it, like just being a perfect yeah. film. Um, my favorite movie is the social network. Um, I mean, yeah, that's an incredible film. It's an incredible just film. Like start to finish everything about it. Every, every, like every single thing about it. Yeah. Every single scene is fantastic. Like the, uh, uh, the writing is so amazing. Like Aaron Sorkin's writing is just, you know, I mean, just off the charts. Yeah. Good. And I, uh, you know, the score by yeah. Trent Reznor is so incredible. It's the simplicity, just that opening thing of like Zuckerberg on can like, and you just that piano, that dune dune. It's incredible. It's like, it's haunting and like jarring, but in the most like simple way. I absolutely love Aaron Sorkin's dialogue. Like that opening scene, how, they're having kind of two completely different conversations with each other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like she's constantly kind of right behind Zuckerberg's conversation. And he's like always just kind of 
paying attention to he's he's paying attention to both conversations they're having but she's kind of always yeah. on the one i love their back and forth on that that opening scene which is like it's like whatever it is seven minutes long ten minutes long just back and forth just di- this dialogue i love it so much it's like a master class in itself of just like how to write and shoot dialogue yeah a hundred percent um i think jesse eisenberg is perfectly cast as mark zuckerberg the way he is able to come across as like so desperately wanting to fit in, but believing you are so above everybody else um, it is incredible. Andrew Garfield is amazing um, in that film. Um, and, you know, it's just, it is, it is honestly like a perfectly crafted film. And I think it's going to go down as one of the biggest, you know, whether you believe in Oscars in the Academy or not, it's just one of the biggest flubs ever to not give that film all the awards because it's going to go down as one of the films like of this like early century for sure. Yeah. I, you know, and people look at it as like the Facebook movie. So like, that's why they don't, you know, care for it. Like they're like, Oh, I haven't seen it. Cause it's like, just about Facebook. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, take Facebook out of it. Like it doesn't matter. Like it could be a yeah. completely make believe company because like the story that's being told there isn't like 100% accurate to like what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of liberties taken there. And uh, and you know, I'm not even a big Jesse Eisenberg fan. Like, I don't really. Care. I'm not either. I, don't really I just care think he is exquisitely cast in that film. Perfect, absolutely perfect casting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really really good one. It's one that I always go back to. You know, if I think of my films in the 2000s that I love, um, that's one that I always go back to. I think Parasite is one of the most perfectly made films I've ever seen. I've not um, seen Parasite. It's, it's, oh my gosh. It's a movie that's like so high on my list of like, I can't believe like it came through and I missed it and I just haven't been able yeah. to like grab no, it. No, I get it. I, I get it. I have a lot, a lot of friends that are movie geeks like me that haven't seen it either. Um, and I just tell people, I'm like, I, I think I've seen the film four times now. Um, and start to finish, I have rarely, I would put it up against any other film I've ever seen in terms of like, absolute perfection just start to finish it's one of the most perfectly made films i've ever seen um and then like uh, staying in the 2000s i guess the master is one of my favorite films there will will be blood there will be blood i think is uh daniel day lewis's most triumphant performance i've ever seen Um, that film is haunting and jarring at the same time uh you know there so there's you know the master i love joaquin phoenix i love philip seymour hoffman amy adams like there's just there's so many incredible performances in that film. Um, that movie, you know, but, I don't hear people talk about that movie enough. Like I, I absolutely love that movie. It's one of the most underrated movies. Cause like, I will talk to people about that movie and they're like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Not that I haven't seen it. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that movie is so good. I've seen the master so many times. It's a movie um, that I think I should the, revisit. Cause I think I've only seen it once. Uh, but I like, it's one of those movies, you know, there's certain movies that hit you and you could like, you remember where you were and like what, like the day that you saw it. Like that's how that movie is for me. Yeah. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is absolutely one of my favorite actors. I think the way he's able to transform into roles is almost unrivaled, maybe except for like Daniel Day Lewis or like Meryl Streep or something like, but like the way that he can head first dive into roles is just something to see. Um, I, I'm a really big fan of like Saoirse Ronan, Timothy Chalamet as like the new group, Jesse Plemons. I mean, he's a little bit older, but, um, as kind of like the new age, but for me, my favorite film has always been the same since I've been a kid. Uh, it's the film that I've seen more than anything else. Um, and it's a film that a lot of people say is their favorite film, but like 
I re- I can back it up. Uh, the Shawshank Redemption is for sure my favorite oh, film. Yeah, um, you, you and, can't not like if you're flipping through channels. Like, not that people flip through channels anymore, but if you're flipping through channels and the Shawshank and Redemption's on, that's, on, that's what you're doing, right? It. It's the most played in like it's the most played movie in like cable television history. Mm-hmm. I have I think three or four tattoos that reference Shawshank. <laughs> uh, it is it is absolutely um, my my favorite film ever. Um, and then close after that, I would say is the breakfast club is really high up there for me just because I think John Hughes is the greatest writer of teenagers ever. Um, and that film sums up like so many moments of how I felt about growing up. Like every character has a piece of dialogue there. I'm like, yeah, that I thought that I felt that I get that. I understand that. Uh, so that's a big one for me. And then I always say I have like 23rd favorite films like 23rd oh, place please. favorite films after that because like There's you like can just go on forever in my top five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly that's that's a really good way of saying it and i totally agree with that there's like a thousand movies in my top five uh one that i just watched the other day that i was reminded was how good it was was the wrestler with mickey oh, rourke yes he is so incredible in that movie is that aronofsky right um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's just really something to behold in that film, like the way he that's the performance of his life. And I really wish he would have won the Oscar, you know, for that film. Um, I mean, you know, uh, Sean Penn was great in Milk and I really respect that. But I just think Mickey Rourke, um, you know, that was the performance of his life. So I just watched that the other day and was reminded how good that is. I can watch The Dark Knight and just watch Heath Ledger like perform all day long. Um, I'm a weird one when it comes to the to to the Nolan Batman movies because my favorites rise. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are a weird one. Yeah. No, I'm just, um, you're definitely in the minority there. Oh, 100%. Uh, there are there are moments in Rise that that I love and gave me goosebumps and chills. And there are moments where I was like, what are you doing, Christopher Nolan? Um, so that movie is very divisive for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i you know um in our indiegogo launch thing or like our write-up or whatever for for uh the undesirables for the movie that i'm working on we uh reference uh like the uh you know inspired by directing styles of uh christopher nolan and uh um what do we say I, I, so it's, it's really inspired by so much. So it's like we narrowed it down to like three, but it was like Christopher Nolan and uh, Denis uh, uh, Villeneuve and oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, man, have like I, I'm I'm a fan. I've not seen. I need to go back and watch some of his earlier work uh, as far as like uh, like I've seen all of his like American films, yeah, but I haven't seen anything before that. And I need to go back and watch some of those. Um, but uh, uh, have you seen Arrival? Okay, so thank you for that. You you led into what I was going to lead into. Um, one of my like twenty top three movies is Arrival. I think it's for me personally, it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Dude, me too. Um, I have I, a love of, uh, and I don't want to get into too spoilery for people or whatever for that movie, but I have a love for that character dynamic, like Amy Adams, uh, yes. like what happens to her within that film, like oh that my character gosh. dynamic. Uh, uh, that's my favorite character archetype. If you want to like put it into a box. Yeah. Um, it's like my favorite character archetype. And I only know of like two other times that really happens in, 
in storytelling. And uh, uh, one of them is Dr. Manhattan and Watchmen is like very, yep. very similar. And then also yeah. um, Billy Pilgrim in Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, yeah. yeah, Billy Pilgrim has come unstuck in time. Like, that's a. Uh, yeah. I have a Slaughterhouse Five tattoo on the back of my arm. Like, I. Nice. That's my, like, my favorite character archetype. I love this ability to like know everything but not really be able to change anything like I love yeah it. it's it is it's like this prison mm-hmm. almost you know where you know what's coming you know what has happened what will happen what's going on around you you can analyze everything you're you're clear you're clairvoyant in it and you can't do anything about it um i i watched that film in my wife and i were in toronto uh, on like a little just quick vacation nice. and we were just hanging out and we had a whole bunch of time before dinner and our hotel was right next to a movie theater. And she said, Oh, you know, like, do you want to go see a movie? And I was like, well, duh. Yeah. Uh, so we, we just walked over to the theater and we were like, all right, what's coming up playing scene? Oh, this arrival. And I was like, well, I love Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner and Forrest Whitaker. Okay. Yeah. I'll get on board with that. And we went in and sat down. And when the film ended, I was like, cool. So I've just seen one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like what the hell just happened? Um, and the way her character starts and the, like you said, the arc that she goes through and where she ends up, I didn't see any of it coming. Neither I knew nothing I. about the film leading it. And I was just completely blown away by the style of filmmaking, what the creatures look like, how they communicate, like her entire her entire kind of evolution of her character where like she goes full circle, but also not at the same time. She learns so much, but also is stagnant and she knows everything, but can't do anything. It's such a complex character and it's written so beautifully and so simply. And it's, it's, um, it's just edited so perfectly. Like that story, yeah, the yeah. like, you don't realize that you're watching a nonlinear timeline like at exactly. all. You don't know yeah. it at all until like the last yeah. 10 minutes of the movie. And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly it. The last like 10, 15 minutes is like so jarring and so much stuff happens and so many reveals. And you're like, what is happening? Um, you know, it's not like a, you know, talk about Nolan, right? It's not like memento where right off the bat, you know that you're being messed with right. like the, the opening of the you just know you're being messed with and it wasn't until like i think the third time i saw it i realized that the black and white scenes were in chronological order and Mm -hmm. the rest wasn't and i was like okay well this changes everything um you know but arrival is not like that at all you think you're watching a linear cohesive chronological film until you find out that you're being completely wrong about everything yeah um and rather than it being like an upsetting thing it's like it, it was like euphoric because i was like this is such incredible storytelling and when you can run into that, it's like walking into a brick wall in the best way possible. Completely. Because it's, you know, when you're when you're a movie person like you and me and everything, like you can predict how things are going to happen. You see all the stereotypes. I'm like, okay, well, obviously this character is going to die in the next 10 minutes. And then it happens. My wife is like, how did you know? I'm like, because I've seen it a million times. None of this is so. And then you see Arrival and you're like, what? Right. Like, what? I didn't see any. And I think for somebody who feels like like me and probably like you, where you can see a lot of the stereotypes and a lot of the tropes playing out and then you get caught off guard like that. It's an incredible feeling. Right. I, I uh, you know, I, I put him up there as like one of like the masters and like I, I, I refer to him as my 
my current favorite director is like how I always yeah. refer to him. Like he's like a hundred percent. I don't I, like, I, I still, even though Tarantino just came out with like once upon a time in Hollywood, like that wasn't too awful long ago. I still don't think of him as being like, kind of like a current film director. Like, yeah. like he releases a movie just like, so like when he feels like it, it seems like anymore, yeah. you know, but with, and he's getting ready to finish up. Yeah. And, but with Denis, it's like, I've been following his career since I think the first movie that I saw of his was prisoners. And then I went back and watched Enemy. I think came out actually first, if I remember correctly. Um, yes. Um, um, wait, let me. Or maybe Enemy came out. I right think after. Prisoners and Enemy might have come out the same year. But I watched. I watched. They came out right around the same either time. Either way, I watched. I watched them very close back to back, and then and then I just was following his career. I enjoyed both those movies, and then I watched Sicario and. Uh, and like Arrival and, you know, Blade Runner. And then when you took over Blade Runner 249, I was like, oh, whoa. So you're, you, you've now been given the gift of money. I know. Like, like I mean, Arrival's yeah. not a cheap movie. Like, don't get me wrong. No. Like, none of his movies but, are cheap movies. But, but 2049 is a whole different story. 2049 was like, oh, so you get, you're getting big, giant blockbuster money they, to do it. They just movie. backed up a dump truck of cash <laughs> yeah. and just dumped and it. Out. Like that movie flopped. That movie did not, was not yeah. a financial success at all. Yeah. Uh, at least, at least in the states i don't know I, I have to, i'd have to double check uh it might have done good in the world like world box office i'm not i'm yeah. not sure it probably, i love i love 2049 i thought it was brilliant so good i just I rewatched it, it the other night yeah i have yet to I, watch dune visually oh you haven't okay i haven't watched dune I, I i just finished the book um i'm i'm a very avid reader uh or at least i i I used to be, and then I have like a decade of like rarely reading anything. And then this year I was like, I'm going to listen to one audible a month and I'm going to read one book a month. Like that's my, okay. my goal for this entire year. I've listened to one book a month. I've only actually read probably six books, like physically read six books this, this year, but that's six more books than I've read probably in the last two years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, Dune, I was kind of reading it and listening to it like back and forth. Cause I didn't really like the audible. So I just kept going back and reading it, but then I would listen to it when I was like on long drives. But, uh, um, but the movie, I, I haven't got a chance to watch it because we've been, yeah. my life's hectic. I've been moving and I was in Kentucky filming a movie throughout the majority of October. So, uh, yeah. Dune, um, Dune has been very interesting. Um, so I love and hate the original Dune movie because I, I it's just, it. <laughs> it's, it's atrociously made. It's just, a, it's one of those fun ones. To, it's like a roadhouse, you know, Starship Troopers. You just have a great time watching the disaster. Um, or, you know, the room speaking of disaster artists, yeah. um, but Dune, I mean, if, if it gets the attention that it should get, uh, I had a friend recently who said something that I have come to completely agree with, uh, that it feels like it's like our generation's version of star Wars. Yeah. Um, it I is. I mean, that's what Dune was always supposed to try and be. Yeah, anyway, in the it end. was. But it's it is visually like a buffet. It is just a buffet of gorgeousness and beauty and the way the actors play the characters. And it, it's amazing for a director to get together an entire group of A-list actors and tell some of these A-list actors, OK, you're going to be a supporting character that has seven minutes of screen time. Dude. Right, you you normally get paid twenty million dollars, and in this movie, you have seven minutes of screen time. Cool. Okay, now go. That's like, why I like him. Has, That's why I like Denis. Yeah, because yeah. every movie he's ever made, he's always worked with a list actors. Like, I mean, like with with Prisoners and Enemy. Like, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal and you know uh, Hugh, Jackman uh, Hugh Jackman and Paul Dano, yeah. and like, yeah, he's yeah. always worked with a list actors. But now he's 
got giant blockbuster money. He can hire any A-list actor he wants, but he's like, I'm going to make Blade Runner 2049, and I'm going to follow it up with Dune. Blade Runner 2049 didn't make, like, any money in the sense of, like, what they thought it was going to make, yeah. with the, the budget yeah. they had. But then, but the studios were still like, all right, we'll still go ahead and fund Dune because we want this to be your big franchise movie. We want, because yeah. they wanted that in Blade Runner. They wanted that to be a franchise movie. Like, yeah, despite, 100%. Even though that movie is very much a complete movie, they wanted that to be a franchise and yeah, it didn't, for sure. it did not kick off. And then with Dune, they're like, all right, we're going to give it another chance. And to, for them to go, we're going to give you another chance because even though that Blade Runner wasn't a commercial success, it was still a very critical success. Yeah. A hundred percent. So they're like, they're like, we're going to go ahead and give you Dune and, and you know, give you any actor you want. We're going to anybody, anybody, anybody at all. And we're just going to stuff it full of every, every amazing I mean, actor that's who's, currently the working. Who's in. who of actors, <laughs> yeah. the who's who of actors is in it. It's really incredible to look at. Like when you just see in one scene, like three actors that have won Academy Awards and they're all just hanging out in one scene together. It, the trust that has been put into this man and how much, like I, I've, I watch a lot of interviews and, the way the actors talk about him and how much respect they have for him and how he approaches it with so much passion and so much care and how meticulous he is and careful. Uh, they, they all, everybody got behind him and just respected him like crazy and just said, okay, we'll give you our talents and our time and our everything. And um, I, I just think that he is absolutely my, my favorite director right now and what he has continuously put out prisoners is incredible enemy. I loved so much. I liked enemy more than prisoners. Um, Sicario is, is so good. Arrival is one of my favorite films. 2049 is great. I mean, he, it's just great movie after great movie and it's been for like eight or nine years. It's been happening. Right. So almost a decade of just greatness coming out of him. And, and the, I, the fact that studios are just like, there's like, here's more and more money to keep doing what you're doing because, because everything's a critical success. Like every movie he's made has been maybe not the biggest movie of the year, but he's never made a bad movie. He's never, no, like he just hasn't missed no. the mark. It like, yeah. Every and he's always put together something good, and, and and he loves to work with Roger Deakin, so that helps. Yeah, I mean, that always helps. You're right. That'll always help you. Yeah, like if, yeah. if my movie, if I like I, for uh, for the movie that I'm making, I am directing, but I'm also DPing the movie. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna do in double oh, duty. Okay. Uh, but if I could, if we had the budget, if our Indiegogo goes super great, I'm hiring Roger Deakins. I don't care. <laughs> I'm hiring him no matter what. Right. Um, Okay, so let's let's kind of come full circle and talk about your project coming up. Uh, like I said, I'm going to put all the links in description below. I'll definitely check it out. Um, I'll be a supporter of the film, um, you know, and th this is something exciting for me because, like I said, I always like supporting the local community and what people are doing um, in this kind of bigger vision. So where, you know, can you really send any details in terms of like where you guys are going to be filming it, when you plan on filming, yeah, anything like that? totally. Uh, we are filming it entirely in Logansport, Indiana, which is the city that I live in. And the cool thing about filming it in Logansport is that Logansport is like this. It's a weird city. It's a it's it's just big enough to be considered a city. Like we have a mayor and everything. <laughs> but uh, but our mayor is like 28 years old. Uh, nice. Um, we uh, we have like this really unique art scene here that is uh just like 
a bunch of it's a bunch of bands and a bunch of music and I I, I think that I you know I discovered the scene in high, when I was in high school because uh, I'm from uh, a town that's a little bit north of here but we would always come to Logan Sport uh, for like shopping and you know it was like the closest city you know so Walmart whatever like anything you know you got to go to uh, there was a mall at one point it's closed now now but um, uh, but there, there's a music scene here and it's very much like a punk rock. Uh, kind of scene that is also, but there's also like this folk music scene and a metal scene and uh, just all these artists making all this music. And then that's kind of like now all those artists are in their thirties and they're still kind of running the scene here. And now there's these really cool uh, spots in town. Like the, the place that I'm currently sitting in right now is called uh, black dog coffee. And this is a, it's a coffee shop in town, but the coffee shop is a, it's a coffee shop. It's a bar it's a local art gallery. Uh, you can buy like locally made like leather goods and soaps and paintings and prints. And, That's awesome. Uh, and then there's like a wood shop in the back. And if you want to like learn any of this stuff, you can just come here and somebody will teach you how to do one of these things. I mean, you, there's amazing stuff. There's a, uh, a bar in town called bonus pints. That is like, uh, uh, it's a barcade and a record store, uh, owned by, uh, Matt Katia Swisher. Uh, they, uh, uh, they're fantastic. Uh, my wife is a bartender over there. There's, uh, 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 the, the state theater in town, which is like an old theater, like, you know, like, uh, like early 1900s theater that, uh, uh, you know, does like, still does like stage plays. Uh, they play like old movies. They do, uh, concerts, they do uh they've had like freak shows there they uh they hosted our film festivals for the first you know however many years like first few years we had that we had the film festivals there um uh so like the the art community here is incredible there's two associations uh like two art communities here like there's the uh the art uh the uh, logosport art association and the cass county art alliance i think uh, <laughs> but they are uh uh, they are in support of the, of what I'm doing. I'm trying to turn this into kind of a Logan sport project. Uh, I'm trying to bring on as many local artists as I can into it and, uh, just make it something that the city can kind of rally behind because why not? Like, why not make this a community project and bring on all these amazingly talented people that fill this city. And we've got some really cool locations. There's a, the majority of the film takes place in a diner. And that diner, the diner that I picked, there's a few diners in town, but the diner that I picked is a diner that is very heavily Victorian influenced because the entire city of Logansport is Victorian influenced. Uh, I mean, it's like, you know, it's a Victorian city. Like it was built, you know, in the late 1800s when Victorian culture was huge. And so there's all the buildings have like Victorian structures and just like uh, woodworking and, and looks like, the, you know, like the mold, like crown molding and things are just like, old Victorian houses. There's tons of them. Uh, but the, the, the restaurant that I picked, the, the diner is all the chairs, all the, all the decor in it is just, it's got a Victorian feel. It's a super nice looking place for being just a, you know, a breakfast diner, you know, uh, it's got like a balcony section that wraps around it. So it's, it's just perfect for us to rig up lighting and, and, you know, get interesting angles from up above, which you wouldn't be able to get in most places. And, uh, w the cool thing about the movie is that, you know, it's a movie, it's a heist movie. It takes place after a heist. One of the awesome locations that we have is a vault and it's a huge, amazing old vault. That's like super well lit and just like, 
like that door to that thing has got to be like 5,000 pounds. Like, I mean, it's just incredible. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to use these locations and, you know, bring all these talented people. We've got, uh, you know, a crew of, you know, roughly like 20 people. And then we've got 22 speaking roles in the film. Like, so we've got like, you know, over 40 people that are gonna be involved in the movie just directly. And then not including all of the artwork and, and uh, like, you know, we've got artists working on propaganda posters that kind of fill the background. We've got people working on wardrobe. We've got people working on uh, uh, like the movie poster. Currently we've got, uh, you know, uh, we've got a really amazing musician, Adam Gundrum, who's going to be uh, tackling the score of the film. And he's uh, the guy that we've used most in the in our like Rad Entertainment original content. We released a movie last year called Idol Girl, uh, which was directed by Rebecca Erb, who's my wife. Uh, she directed a movie that's a like Christmas crime movie with like a horror twist to it. Uh, he did the score to that. Um, he did the score to our, our first short film that we did called June. Uh, Adam's fantastic. And I'm, I'm, uh, the score for this is very, um, industrial hip hop, uh, influenced because of the whole like hip hop Victorian kind of vibe that I'm going with the movie. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to, I don't know. I'm a very passionate person and I'm, I'm excited to talk about this movie and get people riled up, get people excited about it because every time I've pitched it to people, they they're behind it. They like it. They, they want to help support it. And uh, it makes me feel like maybe I am onto something with it and something different, something that people haven't seen uh, something that's a little bit different from kind of the same slasher stuff that the indie community makes in this area. And not to dog on any of that. Like I'm a fan of that. I work on those movies. I love those people. We're bringing a lot of those people into this movie. I've got more casting that I'd love to announce, but I can't yet, but I've got some, some people who've been maybe some famous celebrity slasher people that I'm uh, ready to announce, but we're, we're just working on some final details on some things. So like stay tuned everybody. Yeah, so we've got, we've got some bigger, we've got some, 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 some big people to talk about, but we've also got a lot of like really small talented artists uh, that maybe you haven't heard of, but are going to, you know, bring some really amazing art to this film, whether that's through acting or through, um, you know, through illustration, like the, the propaganda posters that we have made for this movie were designed uh, by Lowell Isaac, who is a published comic book artist from uh, from this area. He's a friend of mine, but he's a professor at Heron. He uh, is a published comic book artist through Dark Horse. Like he's, uh, you know, a very talented individual from this area. I'm trying to keep this like as far as like I'm trying to keep this as much of a local movie as I possibly can while bringing in a bunch of like talented actors from all over, all over the the States and, and uh, kind of the globe to a degree uh, into this project to just elevate it that much more. Your passion clearly comes through and I love that. Um, I don't think you should be in the filmmaking industry uh, if you don't have a passion um, and if you can't speak from a place of it. Um, So I think that's really, really cool. Um, I, like I said, I'm going to be a supporter. I'm definitely going to be, um, you know, looking at the, the launch of the campaign. I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to, I'll post about it in the description. I'll post about it on my social media and stuff like that. So I'm definitely going to try to support that however I can. Um, you know, so for everybody out there listening, 
Um, where is the best way to find, um, you know, information about this? Um, you know, just, just where's the best place to go? Um, right now, the best place to go is probably Facebook. If you, if you're on Facebook, uh, search rad entertainment on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Tony Walters. Uh, my director name actually under this project is something I haven't really talked a lot about, but I'm, I'm taking on kind of a new, uh, a new name for this. Uh, my, my, my birth name is Anthony David Walters and my, my director name is going to be Anthony David. Uh, so it's going to be, it's going to be directed by Anthony David. Uh, and that's just to kind of separate it from, uh, the DP work that I've done. So the movie, I don't, I'm still, I bounce yeah. around a little bit on it. I think it's going to be directed by Anthony David with deep and the DP is going to be Tony Walters. I'm not sure yet, uh, but, <laughs> Separate but the same. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I like that. But um, uh, but you can find uh, more information on our production company if you go to uh, uh, radentertain.com. Uh, on there, you can you know you can check out our, our reel. You can uh, look at our merch. Uh, you can buy uh, Idol Girl, which came out last year. We still have a, a handful of copies of that left. Uh, you know, uh, you can check out Studio Six Hundred Five. Uh, they're a production company that we're going to be working closely with, uh, that I've done movies with them, tons of stuff with them. We just did a, uh, a short film for the, uh, the road real challenge called Harbinger. That's on YouTube. It's a three minute short. That's probably one of the prettiest looking things I've ever made. Um, you can, yeah, I mean, check out my, uh, my IMDB is kind of broken and split over. Like, I feel like, a, like four different Tony Walters and I, cause I haven't bothered to like fix any of that. <laughs> I need to get a, get a hold of all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I've done cool. some stuff. There's some things out there. You can, you can find it, but Facebook, if nice. you want to keep up I, with this, Facebook rad entertainment, I'll definitely link all that information in the description below. And like I said, post about it on the social media. Um, but this was, uh, this was really cool. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. Talk about your project, talk about your passions. I could talk movies all day. Um, you know, but, uh, this, this was really great. Um, uh, I'm happy that you're, that you're doing this, that you're taking this chance and risk. And I am super excited to see the outcome. I can't wait to see it. Um, and like I said, I will be a supporter, um, for sure. The Indiegogo, and I'm going to talk to my friends in the kind of Cleveland filmmaking community and stuff about it too. uh, try to spread the word. Um, but Tony, thank you for doing this. Thanks for coming on and talking movie geek with me and also talking about, you know, your passions and your project. I appreciate it. Thank you for like bringing me on to allow me to talk about all this stuff. Cause sometimes I feel like, like I'm just, on, you know, I get on these things. It's just me talking about myself for a long time and, you know, I can talk about myself forever anyway. Maybe that's been a little bit of a narcissist in me, but I think that to be <laughs> an artist and be passionate, you got to let people know what you're doing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> um, and, and I appreciate that you did this. Uh, this was really cool. It's good to talk to you. Um, and like, I'm super excited to see kind of what's going to come of this. So I'll definitely be on the lookout for it. Um, you know, and you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully people check it out and they like it and everything goes well. And, you know how the filmmaking community works. You can have a plan and just know it's not going to go according to plan. So uh, you know that already, but hopefully things go well. And I'm super excited about the project, and I can't wait to see it. So thanks for thanks for coming on here and doing this. Appreciate yeah, it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So for everybody out there listening, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returner, welcome back. And regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.